This is the part two analysis of the book, Do Nothing. So it's the early 20th century now and employees have won the victory over working hours. Employers have effectively lost the political fight, so they had to switch their battleground, culture and religion. Reading this book came at such a timely point in my life because I started to question why I denote positive moral value to working harder, working longer, and making more money. This is actually largely due to the fact that the Protestant work ethic views idleness as immoral and hard work as virtuous. If you live in the modern Western world, then you are a product of the Protestant work ethic, which was largely responsible for the growth of capitalism and the success of Northern Europe. At the same time, the idolization of hardworking people came into play with people like Benjamin Franklin. Good old Ben Franklin was considered a self-made man. He also said, there is nothing good, great, or desirable that does not come by some kind of labor. So we start to also see changes in language due to this evolving philosophy, such as bootstrapping. In the early 1800s, this literally meant to pull yourself over a fence using only your bootstraps, which was basically meaning to do something completely ridiculous. This phrase later transformed to mean someone who was going to go from rags to riches through individual effort only. And it became a serious compliment. These notions started to mirror the opinions of broader society, and now people were starting to idolize people like Henry Ford. Capitalism was really out there making people believe that you could, by your own efforts, go from rags to riches, which is not impossible. But even as the income gap continued to grow, many Americans actually convinced themselves that they could go from rags to riches through honest labor. And employers took advantage of this. John Swansburg, the editor of The Atlantic, wrote, Is it a healthy myth that inspires us to aim high? Or is it more like a mass delusion keeping us from confronting the fact that poor Americans tend to remain poor Americans regardless of how hard they work? So if we zoom out, we can start to see how the industrialist desire to have fewer workers working more hours aligned with the religious belief that idleness is bad and hard work is good. So the glassblower from part one, who now has to work in the factory and can no longer set his own hours or wages, begins to understand that time is money. It's now singles to Americans that idle hours is a waste of money. Understanding this makes it so easy to see why so many of us don't have pastimes or have trouble scheduling leisure. So then if work is what makes someone worthwhile and deserving, then we start to view people who work less as undeserving and worthless. This is what insidiously leads people to believe that leisure is stressful. If our worth is our time spent at work and it's mixed with our identity, then we're going to feel stressed anytime we're not at work. So who benefits from this? Your employer. Shortcast Club.